Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and I am fresh from MSG watching the New York Rangers with a huge upset victory over the Florida Panthers. The previously unbeaten Florida Panthers, I believe they were, I guess they lost in a shootout. They were 9-0-1 coming into the game. Uh, unbelievable performance from the Rangers. The first two periods, they looked absolutely fantastic. One of the best uh, they've looked all year. The third period got a little dicey there. Um, it, it came down to they got three goals in the third period. Igor kind of stood in his head there at the end to, keep the, to, to preserve the victory. Uh, all in all, though. Great night at the Garden. It was uh, Military Appreciation Night. So uh, there's a, a great crowd there. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, Adam Fox, he guy's just unbelievable. His second shorthanded goal of his career tonight. He's he's just so good. Every game, he just he, he gets better and better. Calgary, he has that unbelievable goal. Gets unfortunately called back because he offsides. Um, you know, kind of answering the Connor McDavid goal from the night before. But you know, he's got... A, 13 points now in the year, which leads all NHL defensemen. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I said it last week or uh, after I saw him alive uh, for the first time this year when they lost to Calgary 5-1 to at home. He is so much fun to watch live at the Garden um, just because you don't see the stuff he does away from the puck. And he's he's so good. He is so good. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, Igor Shesterkin tonight, another 40-save 40 40 win. 
I believe he's now 8-0 in his career uh, on these 40 save wins. The guy just loves loves <laughs> these big games and these you know racking up the saves. He gets better and better every time. And at one point, I'm we're watching the game, and I'm looking over at my brother and I, and uh, it was like 41 to 18 in shots. And really, you don't realize how many shots they had because Igor is just—he's just so good. Um, like you don't really, like you know there's a lot of pressure, but you don't realize there's 40 plus shots on him. And uh, and he he stood up to one of the best teams in the NHL tonight. And the Rangers had their ups and downs, but um, I mean they looked really good in the first couple periods. And Keandre Miller with a Bobby Orr-esque goal going coast to coast. Unbelievable. We haven't seen that out of Keandre yet. Um, you know, you see it in the highlights of the the Beauty League that uh, he plays in Minnesota in the offseason. You see the skill that he has there. Uh, but to see him go coast to coast like that, that was absolutely incredible. And this was a game the Rangers, I'm not going to say they needed to win. It wasn't a must win, but, I mean, it's very... That's a confidence booster after a rough weekend. Um, you know, last week, last episode, we, we ended with the Seattle game, which was the start of the road trip. They won 3-1 to in Seattle. And then you get to Vancouver. You're up 2 nothing going to the third period. Rangers, again, which kind of we've seen a lot this year, just a, a period they just didn't show up for. They gave up two goals. JT Miller kind of took over that game. Um, they give up two goals. They go to overtime. They end up losing to the Canucks in OT. The next game, they go out to Edmonton. Again, the Rangers, kind of similar tonight, looked great in the first two periods. Um, they end up taking a dumb penalty in the second period, giving Edmonton, they're up 4-1 to one at this point, to give Edmonton a, a, a power play for a two. Third period, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl just take over that game. Uh, the Rangers got a goal late from Mika Zibanejad to make it a 5-4 uh, game. And then, you know, Connor McDavid has this highlight real goal that Ranger fans will now have to see for the next 10, 12, 15 years, however long he plays. It'll probably be played at his Hall of Fame induction. He splits every guy in the Rangers roster, basically. You know, deeks out Gorgiev. Just an unbelievable world-class goal. Uh, to tie the game up. The Rangers basically hold on for dear life to get a point in Edmonton, losing overtime. And uh, not for anything, it should be illegal. The NHL should make it illegal for Dreisaitl and McDavid to be on the same three-on-three -three line. Those two out there, three-on-three, -three, it's just unfair. And for the Rangers to basically hold them scoreless on their first shift is a win in itself. And then finally, the two of them got it done the second time they came on the ice. Um, but yeah, I was I was praying and hoping for a shootout because I think that was the only way the Rangers were gonna win that game is if it went to went to a shootout. Um, but then again, you know, Gorgiev was in net and he can't stop a breakaway f his entire career. So um, I really thought Igor should have played that game. I was disappointed that Gorgiev played that game. I think honestly think that if Igor was in net that night, they would have won. And then you get to Calgary's disaster on Saturday night where I think the team was just, you know, after that Calgary, after the Edmonton game, back and forth up the ice with that team. That team is so good. Um, they didn't have, it's back-to-back. -back, you know, they just didn't have it the next night. They didn't have it. The team, right away, you knew they didn't have it. Uh, they let Igor out to dry. They win, They lose 6 nothing. They And Calgary dominated from the first face-off. Like there was never even a point in the game where the Rangers were – 
Uh, we're, I mean, the Fox goal that gets called back, that would have been a 1-1 score in the third in the first period. Maybe they got some momentum towards the Rangers and get some energy back on that team, but after that, there was pretty much nothing going for the Rangers right. But you look at the weekend, and you're like, wow, that's disappointing, and you look at the, the Canucks game, that's disappointing. You probably left, you know, at least a winning – the Canucks game you should have won. The Edmonton game, you're 4-1, you blow that game. But all in all, I mean, you come out of the road trip one one and uh, one one and two. It's not awful, you know. West Coast Canadian. Now you add Seattle into that swing. It's always a difficult trip going up there from the East Coast, and you come out with four points. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Is it a great trip? No. Is it a a miserable trip? No. But you know, they 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 left some points on the table there. And then you come back tonight and you you answer in a big way against Florida, who many think are the, is the best team in hockey. So great bounce back win. Uh, Chris Kreider gets his ninth goal in the game. His six power play goals now lead the NHL. He's third. He's tied for third for most uh, goals in the NHL. He's having a great year. You know, if long as he stays healthy, he should hit thirty goals this year and finally break that plateau. Now you guys start thinking: Is this a, a year where he can score forty? Um, he's been so good in front of the net. Uh, another goal tonight from the you know right in the blue in the paint. He's he's so good. He's so good at screening the goalie. He's so good with his hands in front. Um, Artemi Panarin picked up a couple of assists tonight. He now has 11 assists on the year. So even though he's not go- scoring goals, and he actually had a goal tonight on a beautiful play by Kako to set him up with great patience to wait out night the goaltender. Uh, which you know even though it wasn't allowed, I really hope that gets Kako going because. He had a strong game tonight, and that was a great play to set up the Panarin goal that eventually got called back to the goalie interference with Ryan Strom. But Panarin now has 11 assists. He's tied for fourth in the NHL in assists. Once his goal score, I mean, he's getting his points. He's just not scoring goals right now. And, you know, I I think once Panarin gets going here, this offense can start to click a little more. And and we're starting to see a little, you know, Edmonton, they look good. Obviously, Calgary was kind of a throwaway game. Um, you know, I thought they played pretty well in Seattle other than that, you know, it was the second period there that Igor kept them in the game. They played better in the third period a little bit. Um, you know, they're starting to show little signs of life offensively. I think that's the biggest issue going forward. The Rangers need to start scoring. Um, you know, you can't depend on Igor every game as, as amazing as he is, you know, eventually you got to give the guy some help. And, um, you know, I thought Jacob Truba had a strong game tonight as well. Uh, he was really throwing the body around. He was out for blood early. They were throwing some big hits. Ryan Reeves had a ton of big hits. Poor Mackenzie Weger. Every time uh, Reeves was on the ice, I think he was too, and uh, kind of just found himself in a dump and chase situation. He was, he had three or four really big hits on Weger uh, in the offensive zone after a dump and chase. So um, the Garden was awesome. You know, the the first game went to this year against Calgary. It was a quiet crowd, and really the Rangers didn't do much to get the crowd into it. But tonight, with the military members there and USA chants and you know the Rangers coming out and scoring in the first period, and it's just a really strong play. It was an awesome, awesome crowd. It was the first time, you know, since COVID that I was like, man, the Gardens, you know, it's loud tonight. Um, the, the Igor chants were awesome. So it was it was cool to be on the building tonight. It was cool to see that win. And now you look at the Rangers uh, as they're set up. Now they're seven three and three to start the year off. You got seventeen points. Your second, you know, your second place in the division. You have a couple games in hand on the rest of the, the division. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But 
I'm in a 7-3-3 three and three start, and really your offense isn't clicking. I think that's a great spot to be in right now. Um, I mean, really, when you look at this team, it's very top-heavy. You have They're one of only four teams, I believe, in the NHL that has four guys that have uh, 10 points or more in the year. Uh, and it's a banjo at Fox, Kreider, and Panarin. And after that, you like that's the biggest thing that I think the Rangers need is his secondary scoring. And I think Philip Heedle, who had maybe one of his best games in a Rangers jersey uh, against Edmonton, was by far their top player. Unfortunately, runs into Sammy Blaze from Friendly Fire um, in Calgary and only plays 30, 45 seconds and is now, you know, has missed, you know, he missed uh, tonight's game. And uh, there's no war when he'll be back. But, you know, really, the Rangers need that third line to produce. They need. Uh, they need something out of Lafreniere, who's got a couple goals in the year, but they need to get him rolling after he was demoted to the fourth line. Um, he's back on the third line tonight. You know they gotta get him going. You know Kevin Rooney's played very well in the bottom six. Uh, you know chipping in offensively here and there. How you know I think he has three goals as well. But you know Sammy Blay, who started off really well, has kind of fallen off a little bit. They gotta get him going. I'm very impressed with the way that Barkley Goodrow has played recently. Um, but. I think the Rangers need to move him back to that third line role to, for him to help that bottom six. I I think they need to get some kind of production out of Lafreniere and Kako on that top six. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. To move Goodrow back down to the bottom six to kind of balance this lineup out, um, so they're not so top heavy. But looking ahead, the Rangers' schedule they got the Blue Jackets on the road on on Saturday night, so a nice long break for the Rangers this week. Uh, so you got the Blue Jackets on the road on Saturday, and then you go back to back. They got the Devils at home Sunday night, and then the week after they got the Canadians at the Garden uh, on Tuesday night, and then you're back in uh, Toronto. On Thursday the 18th, so you go back up to back up to Canada for games against the Maple Leafs and the Senators. It seems like the Rangers are in Canada a lot to start the year off. Um, you know, I think Columbus is a team that surprised some people early. I think a lot of people thought Columbus was going to be probably the bottom feeders of this uh, division, but they're seven and three to start the year off with 14 points, so they're off to a very good start. Uh, and even the Devils at five, three, and two, they're off to a good start. When you look at this division. It's stacked right now. There's not one team under 500. Pittsburgh's the worst team in the division, quote unquote, at four, three, and three for the first ten games of the year. They got 11 points, and they're doing that with basically no one. Crosby's played one game. You know, he had the wrist surgery, came back for a game, and it was out out with COVID. And Malkin's not playing, so Pittsburgh's going to get better once they start getting their guys back. You know, New Jersey's. I you know I watched a couple of New Jersey games just because it's on MSG. 
And uh, you know they won the they won the other night in a shootout against the Stars. I'm sorry, against the Sharks. Yeah, they lost an OT against the Kings in a good game. Um, you know they're they're kind of doing what smoke and mirrors too with no goaltending and the Islanders at five three and two only twelve points in the year. And they're off to a slow start, but they're going to get better and better as the year goes on. And Carolina nine and one on the year. You know ten games in they got eighteen points already. Carolina could win sixty plus games this year. They are scary good, scary good. And now that the Jack Eichel saga is over with, with him going to Vegas, you know there was rumors that Carolina was in on him at the last minute. Could you imagine him in Carolina? Thank goodness Eichel went to the West Coast. Um, you know, once the Zabanajad deal was signed, you knew he wasn't coming to the Rangers. And Buffalo made it very apparent. You know, they made it clear that they did not want to send him "quote unquote" downstate, as their owner called it. Um, so I'm happy he got did not stay in the Eastern Conference. Uh, send him out to to Vegas. You know, hopefully he gets himself healthy. Hopefully he's back for you know. I know there's an outside chance he could play in the Olympics. I don't think he will. Um, but he's a really exciting American hockey player that you know. Hopefully he has a long career. And uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of flirtations there with the Rangers of come coming. But I'm happy that solves, and I'm happy that you know we don't have to hear about the uh, Eichel drama every day. But I'm thrilled he did not end up in Carolina. Uh, or end up in Boston. Uh, I'm happy with him going to the Western Conference. And hopefully he gets himself healthy, but he stays on the West Coast and doesn't really hurt the Rangers at all out there. So, uh, you know, really interesting week. Uh, kind of ups and downs this weekend for the Rangers, but there's a lot, of, a lot to be happy about, a lot to feel good about this team. And uh, we have an awesome guest interview this week from MSG Network, the man behind the MSG 150, Bill Pito. Uh, Bill is awesome. It was such a good conversation. You know, we talk about him interacting with uh, Ranger fans on Twitter, which I think is awesome. And a lot of guys don't do that. Uh, so it's really cool that Bill does that. They, you know, he gets these catchphrases that he sneaks into the MSG 150 from the Ranger fans, which is so awesome. So we talk about this team, a little bit about his career. Um, you talk about this awesome st studios team they now have at MSG between him, Valley, Gianone, and, and now Hank in the studio. We talk about him, you know, having Lundquist in the studio with him and how cool that is. So. Uh, awesome interview, but before we send to interview with Bill, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at Symbol Exchange. Listen, if you are a sports fan and you believe in your team, there's no place to go than Symbol Exchange because at Symbol, you can actually buy stock in your team, and when your team wins, you win money. And if you use the code BROADWAY, you get your first $500 risk-free for the first 90 days. That's it. $500 risk-free. You're a Ranger fan. You put $500 into Ranger stock. Every time they win, you win. Listen, I am heavily invested in the New York Rangers. We got seven wins on the year. Every time they win, I'm making money. And listen, it's risk-free for 90 days. So there's nothing to lose. Make sure you enter the code BROADWAY. You go to SymbolExchange.com. Go check it out. Awesome stuff. You can do NHL, MLB, um, NBA, college football, any sport you want, they have it there. So go check it out. Symbol Exchange. Make sure you put in the code Broadway for the first $500 free for the first 90 days. We're now joined by a very special guest, one of my favorite guys on MSG. You can see him on the MSG 150. Probably one of the best segments MSG does. He is a fan favorite on Rangers Twitter. Bill Pito, thanks so much for joining us. 
Thank you for having me. It's great to see you. So I want to talk about the MSG 150 and how that's just taken on a new world now. I mean, I feel like uh, the Ranger intermission reports are what like people watch it now just for you. <laughs> well, you know, thank you for that. I ha- uh, have a great producer that I've worked with for all these years, uh, Jeff Ostella, who puts together the uh, content. It's, uh, you know, I'm biased. I just think it's incredibly creative and fun. He finds all the clips. Uh, I think a lot of people respond to the fact that it's got to be 150 seconds and the one thing that we've kind of done here lately is I have two daughters that have all of this lingo that's always been interesting to try and understand uh so I've kind of as you mentioned in the last you know handful of uh, months thrown it out to Rangers Twitter about what word would you like to hear in the 150 and if it's not a word that's going to get me fired (laughs) I'll put it in there uh retweet the clip of the word in there. And it just, it just seems like it uh, really gets uh, people involved, which has been great. And, you know, I'm really thankful that everybody uh, is willing to participate and throw things in there. So uh, it's really added an interesting element. That's for sure. Yeah. Ranger fans love it. I mean, you, I love it when game day, you'll see around like, you know, five o'clock or so the Bill Pito tweet goes out. Like, what, what do you guys got for me tonight? And, you know, we got Calzone was one night traffic cone, you know, you, you know, what was the other I, one? Know, uh, so one, of, one of the kids, uh, I think his Nick wants me to say folded like a pretzel. And I don't, I, my response was a pretzel doesn't fold. I like folded like a calzone because a calzone folds, right? (laughs) You know, my daughters say low key and high key. And if something's legitimate or true, it's facts. If you're not kidding around, I, the first thing I said last year was no cap, no kizzy. And that just exploded. (laughs) Uh, It's been a lot of fun. I, I, um, it makes it fun for me. It keeps it interesting. And, I'm glad people have been, have responded to it. Now, when you go to your producer with these words, do they just look at you like you're nuts? Or are they like, all right, Bill's up to something else? Well, there is a crew in there that has a somewhat of a feel for some of this. Uh, again, I got to make sure that I don't say something that I'm not aware is uh, something not, not to be said on TV. But uh, we definitely talk about it a little bit. Um, uh, I think most of it, 99.9% of it has been a great, great fun. Yeah, no, it's been great. And, uh, and Ranger fans have really been loving it, but this year the studio is, I mean, Valley does a great job in studio. Usually I love his breakdowns of the game, but having Henrik Lundqvist now on the set, how much fun has it been in that studio this year? I mean, the pre and post games have been awesome. You know, what's amazing is, is how into this Henrik Lundqvist is. There are a lot of people, this is a business and a craft like anything else. Just because you're a phenomenal player and had a great career doesn't mean you're going to be good at this. I think a lot of people who do the hiring think that, well, just because someone was a Hall of Fame player, whatever sport they were great at, that they're going to be good at this. And that's not the case. Henrik happens to have the skill set to be great at this. He looks good. He communicates well. And you know what we've learned is that he's fun. We've had so much fun. I don't know if you saw the other night when I went on with the goalie. Pass. I was going to bring that up. The Halloween goalie pass. Uh, yeah, um, the point is, is when I, you know, John G don't host the show, but when I come out there and I do my, my one fifty, and Henrik's mic is on Henrik has a lot of fun with it, you know, and you know, you don't know that that's going to be the case until someone gets in the environment, but I've just really been uh, impressed with his commitment to this. Uh, he's obviously going to be very good. Uh, it's just going to be a question of how much he wants to do because uh, I'm sure that we would have him on every single night if he wanted. What's it like watching the games intermission with the, or in the uh, periods with those guys? Well, I actually, I'm upstairs a lot working on the clips, but uh, 
you know, Valley and, and Henrik, the thing that makes them really interesting, and, and John's a really good host, is that Valley and Henrik were t- teammates. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not like two ex-goalies who are meeting for the first time. They were actually teammates. I mean, Steve Valaket was Henrik Lundqvist's backup. So they really know each other well. And I think that just brings a really, really interesting dynamic. Let me tell you something. On Halloween night, 9 o'clock Eastern start at Seattle. Henrik Lundqvist was in our studio. I don't think a lot of future Hall of Famers would be in a studio, any studio, at 9 o'clock Eastern time on <laughs> Halloween night. So I, I think he, he's, he's into it, and, and, and he's been really good. Not only was he there, he was dressed up. Right. No, they had a great little... Uh, Great little skit there for Halloween. That's for sure. Um, talk about the Rangers this first month of the season. What do you like so far from this team? What are some of the things that you've uh, keyed on for them? Well, it seems to me, I- I'm of the belief that uh, the old Bill Parcells line, you are what your record says you are. And 6-2-2 two and two as we tape this, to me, when you're not playing your best, seems to be very positive. They're not getting a ton from their top players. Uh, obviously Adam Fox is a top player who's been elite. I'm talking about the guys up front, Zabanajad Panarin. Shesterkin has been fantastic, and that is really good to see. You know, you talk about Henrik Lundqvist, and I think a lot of us took his greatness for granted. Yeah. Because he would always stop the puck that would keep the deficit at one goal or whatever it may be to keep his team in it when they were down. And I think those are the saves a lot of us kind of didn't pay a lot of attention to, but you can see what happens when you're down by a goal or two and the other team adds another goal and it puts a game out of reach. So I think Shesterkin has been great. Obviously Adam Fox is absolutely elite. And if you're six, two and two with your top guns, not putting up a lot of offensive numbers, I think there's cause for a lot of optimism. I agree with that. And it's, it's very cool to see those two guys breaking down Igor as well, having this great start to a season. And, and Ranger fans, like you said, they were spoiled by Hank for so long from his out, you know, unbelievable play. And I talked about it on last week's episode. It's almost like, you know, unfortunately, you're kind of seeing that uh, similar situation that Hank was in in the year, you know, when early in his career where the Rangers weren't scoring a lot and he was standing on his head winning games three to two, two to one, similar to what Igor has been doing so far this year. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You know, I, I don't know if the perception last year was that he was that great, but the reality is, is when you talk to Steven, maybe everyone at last year uh, coming into this year saw the numbers. He was elite. I don't know that the Ranger fan thinks that Igor was elite last year. The analytics and the actual numbers are evidence that he was elite even last year. So, boy, he's been great. You know, Demko the other night for Vancouver was fantastic too. Yeah. Um and you get great goaltending play with our goalies in the studio, and it's uh, it's really interesting to watch, that's for sure. I want to talk about last year for a second. Having the broadcast guys in the studio with you, you know, this COVID, how interesting was that? Were you able to kind of watch them at all? Yeah, so uh, last year – now, this year, Sam and Joe are traveling. Last year, yep. Sam and Joe called the road games from our studio. And Joe Micheletti is, is, is hilarious. Uh, so – you know, during the 150, he would, I would always work in, he always liked me to say that was magic. So I always tried to work in the word magic to my 150s. Uh, I wasn't that impacted, uh, except personally, it was great to have those guys around because, uh, you know, they were calling the road games from our actual studio. I think they're really uh, happy to be on the road. One of the things that people don't realize is when these guys are on the road, they pick up a lot of intel from interacting with the team with the other team, uh, et cetera. One real positive of having them in the studio last year was they were really aware of what we talked about in the studio and they were able to reference that in the broadcast. So there was a certain seamlessness to it that we don't always have when they're on the road and away from our studio and not always able to hone in on what we're talking about. But hey, Sam's a Hall of Famer. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, it's a real thrill to be around him. It was great to be around Joe, but uh, selfishly, uh, it was great for us, but I'm sure their preference is to be traveling like they are now. Now the Rangers coming up, yeah, they, this will be out on next Tuesday, but they'll be in Canada next week and they have, they have a tough road in November. Um, looking at the season, when you came into the season, what was your expectation for the team? Where do you think they're going? You know, do, are they a playoff team in your eyes or do you think they need a couple more pieces? I think they have a chance to definitely compete for a, a playoff spot. Obviously, you got to get the elite players starting to put some points up, uh, some goals, whatever the case may be. It's a long season. I, I think with this group here, uh, hopefully you see more from uh, Lafreniere, more from Capo Caco, more from Hedl. Uh, I think they are a legitimate playoff contender for sure. I, again, I go back to what I said at the beginning. If you're six two and two, as we take this, and you're not playing that well, that's got to be uh, positive. I think they're they're tougher to play against. I think Goudreau's been a great ad. Uh, Blaze's been a great ad. Obviously, Fox has been elite. So uh, hopefully, uh, things will keep getting better. I'm going to go back to your NHL. I'm sorry, your ESPN days and covering the NHL there in NHL tonight as the original host. Uh, is it cool seeing the NHL back on ESPN again, kind of full circle for you? It is. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was there. I was an original hire on ESPN, too. Uh, when the network lock, uh, when the network launched in 93 and then about uh, the Rangers won the cup in 94. 
we're all set the next fall to start NHL tonight and they lock out. And when you go back in history, I think that that lockout with the buzz about the Rangers winning the cup. And I don't know if you recall or people watching this recall, but sports illustrated, which was the really the magazine of record at that time in 1994, there's no internet, there's no Twitter, et cetera. Sports illustrator comes out and says why hockey is better than the NBA. And then they locked out after the Rangers won the cup. I just think that was a, a real flat tire for the, for the league at that point, trying to gain momentum. Now we launched NHL tonight in February of 95. I got to be honest with you. I, it was like uh, uh, learning a new language in a lot of ways. I'm a native New Yorker, but I grew up in California. I wasn't around the, uh, the, the sport very much at all growing up. Uh, but I've, I've come to really, uh, really enjoy it. The, I think my style kind of fits in well with the pace of the game. It was great to work with Barry Melrose and, Back then, it was uh, trying to build ESPN2 around the NHL, a younger demographic in the middle 90s. Now, they're trying to build ESPN Plus around the NHL, and mm. hopefully it works out for them. Um, you know, we're in a new era with the, the technology and the streaming, et cetera. I, I hope people are able to find it on ESPN Plus. They have a lot of people involved with the covers that I used to work with, Steve Levy, John Butchergross, Barry Morrows, uh, Linda Cohn. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see it back there, and I hope it works out. Um, now you were born in New York. Were you a Knicks fan growing up or when you went to California, you take on on the team? So I, I'm a native New Yorker. I'm, uh, I'm from people in my family that never learned how to drive. <laughs> the kind of people that think Manhattan's the only place in the whole world. That doesn't count if you're from New Jersey or Connecticut. <laughs> uh, I moved West when I was seven, but when I was a little boy in Manhattan, the Knicks were the thing. So my first exposure to sports was watching the Knicks. And I don't know if you're old enough to recall, but uh, that was a transcendent group, meaning that my mom, who knew nothing about sports, loved Clyde Frazier. Uh, she loved Clyde Frazier because she said Clyde Frazier never seemed to break a sweat. <laughs> you know, he was, was Mr. Cool. And now I get to work with Clyde Frazier. So, uh, yeah, being a, a Nick studio host, which is... Uh, Another of my responsibilities after being first exposed to the Knicks and really my first exposure to sports when they were champions is just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So do you ever get a night off between the Rangers and Knicks? Uh, it's a little hectic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, between you and Kenny Albert, I think you guys are on the air every night. Well, Kenny's always on an airplane. Thankfully, yeah. I don't have to do that. I just go into the same studio. Uh, it's intense, but I love it. And then the summers, we get to relax a little bit. Um, talking about Walt Clyde Frazier, has he introduced you to his suit guy yet or no? I need a lot of help. Uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I tell you, uh, he is the most approachable superstar, you know, and Mike Breen's a hall of famer too. And Sam Rosen's a hall of famer. You know what the thing is about working at MSG? I'm working around greatness. If you think about our on-air roster, Sam Rosen's a hall of famer. Mike Breen's a hall of famer. Clyde's in the Hall of Fame. He's a great broadcaster. Joe Micheletti's got national experience all over his resume. John Giannone used to be a national broadcaster. I used to be on ESPN. We have Alan Hahn, who's on ESPN Radio. Wally Zerbeck, who does work on CBS. Monica McNutt, who's now rising at ESPN in addition to work with us. It's just, you know what it is? It's a thrill to go to work. It really is. You know, a lot of what I do is the chemistry uh, that you create with the people that you work with. And that that's one of the great pluses 
and, and great good fortunes uh, that I have right now in my, my work experience. Yeah, I and mean, you guys have an unbelievable roster now, and obviously adding a Henrik Lundqvist to that roster only made it better as well. Did I mention Kenny? I hope I mentioned Kenny. I, I don't know if I did. We got Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert, yeah. I mean, Kenny, he's, I mean, yeah, hardest working. I mean, he is everywhere. You can find him on Sundays. And, you know, he's on Fox. He's on uh, TNT now. He's he's everywhere. I he honestly, th- I think when COVID happened, I, I was waiting for him to do a 7 o'clock Knicks game and a 10 o'clock Ranger game from the, uh, the studio there. He may have. He may have done something from our studio and then driven up to Stanford to do a hockey game uh, when NBCSN still had the package. His itinerary, you ever want to get Kenny going on his planes, trains, and automobiles? It's always fascinating. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking about ESPN again. Your audition, you auditioned with Carl Ravish, who you worked with in Binghamton way back when. What was that like? Uh, This is a great story. So uh, Carl and I actually started together uh, on the Cable News Center 7 news in Ithaca, New York. <laughs> I was at Cornell. He was at Ithaca College. It was a real break for me because I didn't have the ability to get a resume tape together being at Cornell. Ithaca College had a college TV station that all those students were able to work on. Summer of 86, they launched this newscast. Carl and I are the sportscasters. And during that senior year, I did the six o'clock show and he did the 11 o'clock show. Then I went to Binghamton and he came with me to Binghamton. We were the two sportscasters at WBNG in Binghamton, New York, with Trey Wingo on the ABC affiliate at the time, believe it or not. Fast forward to 1993, he calls me up and says, you know, I just had an audition at ESPN for SportsCenter. I said, well, I just had an audition for SportsCenter at ESPN. This is February 93, and he got the job. Uh, He got hired there, and then I got hired when ESPN2 launched I got hired in August of 93. So he beat me in there. But it just goes to show you, you just never know uh, who's going to like who. It's very subjective. Uh, but he's had a great run there. He's still there. He got hired in 93 and he's still there. I started with Steve Levy in 93. He's still there. Uh, a lot of the other people I started with are not there. Those two guys, I mean, it's just amazing how long they've been there. John Butchacross has been there for years now. Mike Greenberg. Uh, but yeah, uh, audition against Carl Rabbit. When you think that you've got, man, I auditioned ESPN and then Rabbit calls and says, well, I auditioned at ESPN and they hired Rabbit over me at the time. <laughs> you just never know how it's going to work out. Uh, doing NFL primetime with Chris Berman. What was that like? How is he off the air? He's phenomenal. Uh, you know, at that time, no internet, uh, no red zone, no Twitter, no NFL network, no regional cable channels. I mean, MSG was around, but there wasn't all of these Comcast Philadelphia or Comcast Boston. So at seven o'clock on a Sunday in the middle 1990s and prior and for a couple of years after that, everybody watched that show to get their highlights. There was no other place. So I got, somehow I got put on that show when I had only been at ESPN for two years. I was on there in 95 and 96 and Chris Berman is a, was a rock star and still is a rock star. And he was so approachable and so nice and so fun to be around. My only regret is I felt like that was a huge break. And I probably was not as comfortable as I would have liked to have been. It was a huge stage. I'm talking about five, six million people watching that show. I'd only been there two years. Uh, I, I was okay at it. I, I think if I had been a little more seasoned, I would have been better at it. But it was an incredible, incredible experience. 
uh, huge stage uh, and, and, and really, really one of the great thrills of my career. Also doing sports center with Dan Patrick and Keith Orban, who are two of the best ever to do it. Yeah. So, you know, it goes like that, but back then it was the only game in town. You had to watch sports center in the middle of late nineties to get the result. So if you were a tiger fan, there's no, people have to understand back then there was no instant update of things. You had to watch ESPN to find out the result. That's a huge concept. Baseball tonight was hugely popular. ESPN came on them with sports center. That was transcendent because no one had seen sports presented in this way. Now everybody knows the result. So you see the proliferation of people telling you what the results mean. But a huge change in our business are worth repeating again. People now know who won. We used to tell you who won. Now, because people know who won, the people that you watch are telling you what the wins and losses mean, as opposed to just telling you the result. It's a huge transformation in sports media. I think the biggest thing for me growing up, obviously watching, I had sports center on all night, all day, all night long. Uh, and you go outside and you take the highlights, you go practice the dunks in the, in the driveway and everything else. And then you go to school and you take the catchphrases that you learn on ESPN and use it there. Right. Um, of all the catchphrases, that was the biggest thing back then. You know, you had all these unbelievable uh, studio guys that had, you know, uh, I, I can't, this Chris Berman had a catchphrase for every single person in the NFL. Uh, Stuart Scott's, you know, had one every highlight, had another great one. What was your favorite one of all of them? Of mine or theirs? Your, both. What was your favorite one? All right. So I, I, you know, what's amazing is sometimes the ones you don't even think about become uh, somewhat popular. So we had the goal line on NHL tonight. Whenever there was a goal in a game that was in progress during the show, we would, they would run the goal line. And I would say we have a developing situation. <laughs> so that was my, my favorite one. And I, I didn't think about, okay, I'm going to say that. It just kind of came out and it kind of stuck. Stuart Scott was amazing. I, I started with him on ESPN2. Kenny Main was hired shortly thereafter. He had a whole truckload of things. I, I like Stuart's. Uh, Stuart's energy was just infectious. Uh, he and Chris Berman were the two most high-octane people I ever sat next to or I've ever sat next to. They, br they brought the studio and bring the studio to life. I always like cooler than the other side of the pillow. That's my favorite. I, that's, that. yeah, I think that's the best one. Yeah. I always used to love what Stewart said. Can I get a witness from the congregation? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I, he was great and he worked really hard and he was, uh, the, you know, and there was such an entertainment aspect to all that we did. And it was, uh, it was really a special time. With MSG now, you do a lot of these uh, special interviews and specials they have, you know, when they have a spurt, like a certain week, uh, we'll see you on the interviewing guys. Is there a favorite interview you've done yet? Um, I'm trying to think, I, you know, I don't really interact that much with the players. Um, I'm not in the locker room that much. I tell you over the years, you know, I, I, one of the, I, I was fortunate enough for years to do the Rangers coaches show and John Tortorella was so much fun to work with. You know, the thing about torts is that if it's not a game day, you get a different torts when he comes off the ice after a game meets the media, that's a different Tortorella than you would get on a day off or after practice. So I really enjoyed doing the show with him. Elaine Vigneault was, was, was a great, uh, 
coaches show subject as well. I would say those are my two favorite things. Interacting with these coaches every other week or whatever it was, 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 was a lot of fun. Any chance we get a new coaches show come up on uh, MSG at all? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the protocols with COVID and everything like that. Uh, I, I'm not sure where that might be headed. Uh, who's your favorite guy to watch now in the Rangers? As a player? As a player, yeah. Fox. Fox, yeah. I, 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 the guy, he's got a, you know, the, the, the Hall of Famers or the all-time greats have, a, have an unqui- unquantifiable sixth sense, and he's got that. You know, like Wayne Gretzky saw things before they happened and was able to predict and anticipate. They see things, he saw things that no one else was able to see. I think Adam Fox has got a little of that in him. And he just got locked up to a new contract. I mean, I think that's a deal that's not only good for him, but I think on the open market, he can command, uh, you know, over 10 million, I believe. I think the Rangers got a good deal there and signing him a little bit earlier. Uh, but I mean, he's going to be a Ranger for a very long time. And I think Ranger fans are very excited about that. I think, I think he's going to be 30 when this deal's up, right? Yeah. So he could be good for another seven years after that. Well, I'm sure they'll pay him again. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the chances we can get a Broadway Hat podcast shout-out on the MSG 150? I don't know. I don't know if we can give you credit there, brother. <laughs> you got to come up with it. You got to come up with a word. All right. We'll come up with a word. We'll let you know. We'll, what, we'll what's crowdsource your, what's your it. word? We'll crowdsource. I don't know what my word. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Uh. I'd never, I, the other day, uh, you know, you mentioned it before we started to tape about, I said, someone got beat like a traffic cone. Yeah. That was, I don't, have you heard that before? I've all, yeah, I've heard it on Twitter before, you know, I've unfortunately heard players being called traffic cones. Yes. Because they just stand there and get beat. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to refer to a ranger in that. Context. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. I think it was uh, done on Seattle. Maybe. Yes. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. So has there, is there anything in the chamber that you got planned coming up? Is there anything that you've gotten uh, put aside? No. What do you, you got any ideas? Uh, I don't know. I got to see, I'm in my thirties now. So, you know, these young kids got these terms out, you know, like the, know. the bing bong with the Knicks. Now it took me a minute to figure out what the heck that was. You know, the guy yelling right. outside the garden the other night. If I did a bing bong on the 150, would that not be cool? I think that would be good. I think that would be good. Breen had it in the Nick, uh, Nick uh, broadcast. I know. On the Randall 3, yeah. Yeah, that, would, that had Twitter going on that. Uh, I think a bing bong would be pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think what other, like, you know, hip new terms there are. I got to do some research on this and, and text you and let you know. Okay, um, yeah, good. Just don't get me fired. I won't, I won't get you fired. I won't get you fired. Has uh, has Hank given you any hair tips yet? Uh, God, Ali, that guy is just, I mean, he is, he's well-groomed and well-dressed. <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't. He, I think he's going to be in uh, Monday night. All right, good. Yeah, so that's when we'll see him again. All right, great. Well, Phil, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, and hopefully we'll catch up with you soon down the road, and uh, maybe we'll see you in the Ranger playoff run. All right. Hey, anytime. Uh, you do a great job uh, in the Rangers neighborhood. you got great connection with everybody. I'm grateful to be in the neighborhood as well. Don't kick me out. I'm a good neighbor. <laughs> and uh, thank you for having me on. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much to Bill Pito for joining us this week. Uh, what an awesome guy. Uh, we were talking afterwards, and we were, I'm already trying to set him up to come back on the show because we had so much fun talking about the Rangers. 
So hopefully later on the season, maybe after the trade deadline for the playoff push, we'll get we'll get Bill back on the show for his uh, input on how the team is shaping up. Uh, but and he said it right there, you have uh, full permission to send him anything you want for the MSG 150. And if you have a funny catchphrase or something you want him to work in, like calzone or uh, traffic cone or uh, you know, what else? He's done so much crazy stuff, and it's awesome that he interacts with Ranger fans. It's so cool uh, for him to do that. So make sure you send Bill your suggestions and tell him that you heard it from the Broadway Hat Podcast. He'll love to hear that. Uh, so I can't thank him enough for coming on. And that does it for episode 48 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. We are slow. We are approaching 50 episodes, uh, which is awesome. I cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, for all the support you've shown us over this past year as we're, we're getting close to this one-year anniversary, too, coming up. So cannot thank you guys enough. And we have now teamed up, and we've been teamed up with Alex Lemon, Alex's Lemonade Foundation, uh, raising money for them with every review we get on Apple Podcasts. So please go check out the, the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the show. Every review we do get is a dollar donated to Alex's Lemonade Foundation fighting childhood cancer. Uh, so help out a great cause. Help us out. Everyone wins. Uh, we've raised $50 since we started um, the campaign. So I'm so happy and so thankful that you guys have gone out there and left these reviews. Um, it really means a lot to me. And I love sending these little donations every couple of weeks. And I would love to somehow hit $100 by our first our first anniversary uh, to send to them. I think that would be an awesome little Christmas time gift to send over to that great foundation. So thank you to everyone who has participated in that. Make sure you go check us out on Spotify. You can check out the podcast on Pandora, Google Play, Amazon product, um, on Spreaker. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can download us there. Make sure you check us on all social media on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find my personal account at KHOLNY for all New York Ranger updates. Check out the show on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat Podcast, and we'll see you next week.
Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.